Welcome to the Agency Growth Machine Podcast, where it's all about transforming potential into profit. And now your host, Randy Schwantz. Hey, this is Randy Schwantz. I'm excited to tell you about John's story. I mean, this is a story of a 30-year-old kid that from Philadelphia, and uh, he'd been selling for about five years, got into an opportunity where he and his partners had a chance to buy out the majority stockholder. And it turns out to be a great, very good, happy ending. Uh, but there were some rough spots along the way. And it's common that people reach out to us. And there's really kind of, I thought about it, there's probably three or four triggering events uh, that, that really makes them want to think about how do I grow this thing organically? Number one is uh, young partners have to buy out a majority stockholder. And they know to do that, it's going to take growth. It's going to take growth, additional money, additional profits to buy them out. Number two, they get an offer by a, a VC firm. And there's a lot of money floating around by the private equity venture capital firms right now, throwing big offers down on the table. And it's it's not uncommon that it, you know the guys that are in their late 50s, 60s, they take the money and run. Uh, the guys and gals in the 30s and 40s are going, man, you know, I've still got 20 or 30 years left in my career. Why can't I do what they do and why can't I do it better? Um, and so they oftentimes stay in the game. And then the third big triggering event is when the Salesforce.com contract comes up for renewal and everybody looks around and said, you know, nobody's using this thing. It's not doing what was promised. We're not growing. Uh, we need to grow. We heard that Randy has a CRM tool. So let's go talk to Randy. So generally, those are the triggering events. Well, John's triggering event was uh, it, it, very clear to him that the agency wasn't growing fast enough to, for them to buy out him and his two partners to buy out the majority stockholder. And um, he knew clearly he had too many non-producers, those guys that were producing 15 to 30 grand in new business. He said he had a couple of rock stars that were doing between 50 and 100, had too many with empty pipelines. There were waiting referrals, waiting for call-ins, waiting for something to happen. Too many uh, survived off of quoting. They couldn't sell value, and their closing ratios were low. And he had no way to hire newbies without taking a lot of risk. And so not only was he frustrated, but he felt overwhelmed with that task of how do I turn this ship around? I mean, this ship was, they'd been in business for 60 years. They had a, you know, they, they, they felt like what made them different was they had a great reputation, great carrier relationships, and they cared about their clients. So we knew he had to clean house a bit. He knew he had to find a way to mold those with some talent and mold them into better producers. And he knew that he had to start hiring newbies, but he had no plan. John told me that their hit ratio on newbies was one out of five, and he was the one over the last five years. So they were at 20%. So he felt that there had to be a better way, and they went looking. They went looking inside the industry. They went looking outside the industry. Uh, they talked to a lot of different consultants, tried to figure out what were they going to do. And he wanted a guide to lead them there. Well, somebody gave him a copy of a book called The Wedge. He read it and said, this is something I could implement. So they reached out to us. And he told me the story. And it was it's easy to really kind of empathize with John. I mean, I, I knew where he was coming from. Uh, why? Because uh, I, too, had dealt with hundreds of producers and agencies I've worked with. Having, having been in over 300 of the 
top agencies in North America. I mean, I knew what was going on. And uh, since, you know, we currently work with 86 agencies on a system, I felt we could help them. So I, I gave them a, a plan. And here's what it was. John, number one, take inventory and rank your producers. Really look at them carefully. Who can or who can't? Who will and who won't? You know, when you look at producers, really their primary two things you got to look for is will they prospect and can they close business? And if they can't prospect and they won't close business, you know, they can't or they won't, then you got a real problem. Those who can and will, that's who you need to mold and develop. So then after you've ranked your producers, who can or who can't and who will and who won't, then you start to set your standards. Here's what's needed in our firm. So here's something, if you got a pencil, you ought to write this down because this, this philosophically will have a huge impact on your future. And, and here's the deal. Your people dictate the system or your system dictates your people. In most non-growth firms, the people have dictated the system. What do I mean by that? Producers that don't want to prospect, they don't want to use your pipeline tools, they don't want to come to your sales meetings and participate, they don't want to get better at selling, um, they're comfortable in their little old tiny bubble, and so they then dictate the system. And in most cases, therefore, you have no system. There's a bunch of chaos, things are going every crazy direction, and it's impossible for you as an agency owner to build to drive organic growth under those conditions. So then the flip side is your system dictates your people. When you got a growth system, then it really dictates who, which kind of people fit into it and what they have to do. And if they don't fit your system, uh, maybe they shouldn't be there in that role as a producer because without a system, you can't really drive anything. You become a victim of the group of people you brought together. So number one, John, take inventory, rank your producers, find out who can, who can't, set your standards. And then number two, install an organic growth system. And so we call it 3D. Something that includes training, something that includes technology, and something that includes coaching, three dimensions. You gotta have the training because that's what's gonna build the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence you got to have technology. That's what's going to help them get organized, stay organized. With that, then you'll know what's going on and you can create accountability. And then number three, you got to have coaching because once you've trained them and then you know what's going on, you got to coach them up in areas where they need help. And that's how you're going to develop your existing producer force. That was number two, install an organic growth system, a 3D system, that includes training, technology, and coaching. And then number three is add new producers. And see, once you get that system in place, now you can add producers into a system, whereas if you don't get a system in place and you start adding new producers, then you're probably going to have a lot of failures. And so we coach them how to do that. You know, part of the, the, the hiring of new producers, the hiring of new producers, it, it's real clear to us, there's, there's five characteristics that you've got to hire. 
you got to hire producers that can deal with rejection. You got to hire producers that have this in this, this DNA inside of them that they're naturally driven. They're naturally motivated. You got to find people who are smart or they won't learn your business. You got to find people, obviously, that are good at relationship and nobody's going to like them and want to do business with them. And then you got to find people that are coachable. So those are five characteristics. Rejection, driven, they've got motivation, naturally motivated. They're smart. They're good at relationship and they're coachable. And we showed them what we call an evidence-based hiring process to sort the wheat from the shaft, the good from the bad. And we said, look, John, if you do these things, take inventory, install the organic growth system so you can develop your existing producer force, and then add new producers through this hiring process called GRIT so you can find them and develop them, then here's what's going to happen for you. Your people will start to write bigger accounts because they'll know how to, they'll have the confidence to, and as you start to clean house, you're going to free up some money to invest back in not just people, but things for them to sell. You'll have higher closing rates. Your new business revenue will probably double. Um, You will add new producers and your agency will grow. That's what we predicted for him. Said if you don't do this, probably what's going to happen is that your producers will continue to churn small accounts. Um, You will still retain the producers that are retired in place and they won't grow. And then your agency will have no growth and you'll have no fun. Well, let's move the clock forward four years and tell you what happened. His growth went from 3.3% to 15% annually. Let's just say that again. His annual growth went from 3.3% to 15% annualized. His agency value more than doubled. The number of accounts his producers won by BOR went from 0% to well over 50%. His new producer hiring success rate went from 20% to 66%. So there's many of you out there that are sitting there going, okay, how do I grow this thing? I want to grow, but you never committed to grow. And you're continuing to do the same things you've always done, hoping things will be different. And, you know, that's the definition of, yeah, insanity. So, um, you know, the biggest advice that I can give you is go find a system that you can install um, hey, look, I don't know if you like Nick Saban of the of Alabama. I don't know if he's the greatest coach in the world. I know he's probably the greatest recruiter in college football. And I will promise you this. He's got a system. He doesn't just hope that produce, you know, players show up. I mean, he's got a network. He's working the network. He's got a story he tells to those those kids. He knows what he's looking for. He's got a system he runs. Now, let's talk about his his on-field system. Nick is not big on throwing the football. Yes, he throws it. But Nick is big in ball control. Now you come back to your people dictate the system or your system dictates your people. He wants those big old fat hogs up on the front line. 
Uh, he wants people that can move the defense out of the way. He wants a big O, super powerful running back that when he gives them the ball, he can run through the holes that are created. You know, they want to average about five and a half yards per carry, and they just want to move the ball down the field, occasionally throwing it. That's his offense. And so then he goes and finds people that fits that offensive system. So once again, the system dictates the people that he wants, and he's great at recruiting those people, and he knows what he's looking for. So he attracts that into a system. So how do you turn your agency into an organic growth machine? Well, I'm going to give you five steps here. Um, and you want to get your pencil out and take some notes. Number one is pretty simple. You've got to commit to growth. And let's just be honest. Um, the reason that all of us aren't achieving more in our lives is because there's just those things we just never committed to. We decided we would try. I'll try to become a better golfer. I'll try to lose 20 pounds. I'll try to get in shape. And then other things in our life take over. Um, there's a, a gentleman I work with that um, is in his mid to late 40s. Uh, he was always a you know double-digit handicap golfer. He wanted to get better, but he never really pursued it. Finally, he had a triggering event. And this is what's real in all of our lives, a triggering event. It's something that all of a sudden you, go, you have that kind of holy crap moment, like I need to do something about this. So he was in a golf tournament playing against a guy that was 60 years old, had an eight handicap, and he felt that he should be able to beat this 60-year-old dude because he's 15 years younger. They went out and they played in the golf tournament and he got beat. And it was on that day that he finally said, I'm not doing this anymore. Went out and hired the best golf coach he could find. Uh, he sent me a link to this person's website and this person charges $175 an hour for golf lessons. Committed to golf lessons and now he's down to um, about a three handicap. But it didn't just happen. He committed to it found a coach, worked with this coach, took the lessons, spent the money, and got good. So when you come back to organic growth, what's the very first deal? You've got to have some sort of triggering event that finally gets you to the point that, that you're, you're either angry, pissed off, or afraid of what life is going to be like if you don't do something different or better. That's generally what, what moves most people toward this. And then when that happens, you commit. I'm going to do this. Come hell or high water, I'm going to do this. So that's really step number one. Now, there's an A and a B associated with that. And the A is, as you commit to this, you're going to commit to helping every producer you got double their personal income, make twice as much money, so that now they're in a position to fund their cars, universities, weddings, and retirement. You want them to make a lot of money so that you can help them create financial freedom. When you do that, you move that from you selfishly wanting to grow your agency because of what it does for you to you 
humanitarily want to grow the agency because what it does for your producers. And when you focus on helping your producers get better for their own reasons and get them clear about that, then number one, the relationship gets better. It, it becomes easier later to recruit other guys because it's the kind of firm that, that really takes care of producers and moves them to a new level. Um, there's just a lot of benefits to it. So number one, commit. Number two, uh, or, or number one, commit. And A is commit to help every producer you got double their personal income. B is commit to being a proactive services firm. Now, if you've ever read my book, The Wedge, if you've been around any of our wedge stuff, the way it differs from all the other sales training techniques out there, and really most of the philosophies, is that um, we believe that the commodity of insurance is the price and coverage. Whatever price you bring back, it's easy for the incumbent to match it. Whatever coverage gap you find, it's easy for the incumbent to match it. And when you do just that, it's really not in the best interest of your client either. Yes, that's good for them, but there's so many other things that affect their claims, their ability to mitigate claims, the ability to prevent claims. Um, And there's those services that when you can define those, and we call those proactive services, that you give your producer something very concrete to both write new business as well as retain existing business. Do me a favor. Right now, hold out your left hand and imagine you're holding a water balloon. Hold out your right hand and imagine you're holding a brick. And now you're in a fight and you're protecting your family. Which one becomes the better weapon? Well, obviously, the brick. It can do some damage. When you think about as a salesperson going out on a sales call, not only do I have to get the buyer to like me, I've got to somehow get the buyer to in a sense, disassociate, push out the incumbent. If not, it becomes kind of a bidding war or a relationship war. So if I can't drive a wedge between my prospect and the incumbent, chances are I'm going to get rolled. Well, are your weapons like water balloons or bricks? When you've got proactive services, now you've got what I'm going to call a brick a way to build a wall between the prospect and the incumbent so the incumbent doesn't come back over, match your deal, and keep it. So once again, how do you create an organic growth? Five steps. Number one, commit. A is help every producer double their book of business. B is commit to being a proactive services firm. And we just did this exercise. Uh, I mean, currently we're doing it. I did it with a, a client of mine in, in California where um, we spent a day and a half working on differentiation in a way that it became real simple to me. If you can't draw off the documents that support what you say make you different, be it a claims review, payroll review, experience mod projection, property valuation, if you can't draw off those documents, you don't know them well enough to really go wedge on them or use them as both a picture perfect and a vision box. Now, that's language you probably don't understand unless you've read The Wedge. If you've read The Wedge, it'll mean a lot to you. Um, But that's where you get your differentiation. That's what turns it into bricks, not water balloons. 
All right, so back to five steps of extraordinary growth. Number one, commit. Commit to helping every producer double their personal income. Commit to being a proactive services firm so they've got something concrete to sell. Boom. Number two is then install a playbook. So if I came to your agency and said to your producers, not to you, map out your growth playbook. Let me see the playbook. Map it out for me from beginning to end. How many of them could do that in a form that would be something that's actionable or replicatable? And see, the problem is if they don't have a playbook, then it's just random, chaotic, go try to do something better. As I said to you earlier, either your people dictate the system or your system dictates your people. If you don't have a system or a playbook, then what are they doing? So that's number two. You got to have a playbook. You got to get that installed. Then number three is now that we have a playbook, we got to train people to pull off the plays. If this were football and I did have a wide receiver, I've got to teach that guy how to come up, fire off the line. You know, when the quarterback says hut and the center hikes the ball, I got to get that, that, that wide receiver to fire off the line to make a juke something to get the defensive back to freeze for just a moment and then get him to hard step off that left foot at a 45 degree angle, you know, so that he's going to be open. So when I throw the ball in a timing pattern, I'm going to hit that guy. That's a skill. And if we don't practice that skill over and over, my wide receiver is not going to be very good. And we're going to have a lot of interceptions because I'm going to put a ball in a certain place and he won't be there or the defensive back will be all over him. Those are skills. Well, in selling, you know, we got the skill of making cold calls, using a bold statement to get the buyer's attention, dealing with whatever trash they're going to say to us. And we got to turn that around, keep them on the telephone, tell a story and ask a question to then set up getting an appointment. It's a skill. If you're not training your producers in the skills of doing that, they're going to be lousy at cold calls. They'll have a lousy percentage and they're going to say it doesn't work. And then they'll, they'll go try to find something else, which is fine. But if you got a newbie that can't do that, you got real troubles. Asking your clients for introductions. Every producer you got has got a whole book of business. All those clients know people that they would like to meet, it's a skill to define that. It's a skill to ask that client to introduce you. It's a skill to coach that client through what you want them to say. All those are skills just like any sport you've ever done. If you don't train in those skills with enough intensity and replication, you'll never hardwire it. And when it's not hardwired, they won't feel confident and they won't do it. So number three is, Train, 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 train. You're in the development business. If you were the head coach of a college football team, we wouldn't be arguing about this. But we come back to either your people dictate the system or your system dictates the people. When your people are a bunch of account managers, faking it as producers, um, they don't have the personality, they don't have the drive, they're happy for you to wait for you to somehow originate accounts for call-ins. Then they're going to go, we don't want to do that. We don't want to role play. That's hard. That's embarrassing. And you'll hear a bunch of whiny little stories. 
And that's when the people are dictating your system. And when that happens, they're also dictating your organic growth. That means you're out of control. You're the victim of your own producers. So now it's time to take control, install a system that then dictates who your people are going to be. And you train them and you make them better. So then that's number three. Train, 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 train. What's number four? Is that now we got them trained. Now we got to turn those skills into behaviors or actions. So then we teach a sales meeting that helps in this process. It's not the only piece, but it's a relevant piece. And when I look at most sales meetings, they're what I call a spreadsheet liars club meeting. And what do I mean by that? You get your producers together. You go down to the spreadsheet. You know, you're talking about, hey, hey, John, you're working here on this account. It's called Exilophonagus Greek Restaurants. Tell me, how's it going with them? And then John goes, oh, really good. Well, um, what do you think your chances are, man? Yeah, I don't know, 50-50, maybe even 80%. I think I'm feeling pretty good. It's a good relationship. Well, have you, you know, have you, have you picked your carriers yet? And then if you're not careful, it becomes a meeting about what carriers you're going to use so you can get a you know, fair pricing so that you can quote on it and keep your fingers crossed that you win it. Spreadsheet Liars Club meeting does almost nothing, almost nothing to help producers really beat the incumbent, leverage the differentiation, and walk away with a BOR. So then that next piece is, number four is, man, you got to drive winning behaviors by making producers define and defend how they're better than the competition. When you do that over and over and over again, it's just like practice playing basketball one-on-one. I mean, you're refining that skill to go beat the other guy. That's step number four. Turn skills into behaviors. Step number five is, then create a culture of accountability. So when I think about accountability, there's what I think of as the three C's to accountability. Number one is, I got to have a contract in place. Now think about this for a moment. When you were 16 years old, really when you were 15 years old in 11 months, and then like, boom, all of a sudden, You've been doing all the driver's education. You've been, you, you've been learning about the law. You've been driving with your driver's ed teacher or your parents. You know, you've been learning all that sort of stuff, and now it's time to get your own driver's license. So now, boom, you're 16. You go down and you take your driver's test, and you pass it. And then you walk in there into the office, and you sign this document, and then they take a picture, and then they press it together in a piece of plastic, and now you have your driver's license. Now, When that happened and you signed that document, what you signed is a contract with the state that says, I understand the law of the state. I understand speed limits. I understand what you do at intersections. Uh, I understand all of that stuff. We now have a contract. So you got to have a contract if you want accountability. Number two, now you get in a car and you go driving down the highway. And here we have a 70 mile hour speed limit and you're driving 85. Well, If the officer couldn't count how fast you're going with their radar, they couldn't write you a ticket and create an accountability. So the number two of accountability, you got to be able to count. You got to have your radar. You got to know what's going on. Then what happened was then the cop writes you a ticket. But if you didn't have to pay the ticket, there would be no consequences to you speeding. So number three is consequences. So number one, you got to have a contract. 
Number two, you got to build a count. And number three, you got to have consequences. So then step number five of the five steps to extraordinary growth is you got to have a culture of accountability. Well, to do that, you need some sort of contract that says, here's what you're responsible for doing. And if it's a new producer, it's probably different than a mature producer. A new producer, you're going to break down to the activity. You know, how many, how many names are in the pipeline, uh, in the database? How many dials are they going to make on a daily basis? You know, all that then leads to how many appointments you're going to set. Um, you know, I would have in my contract that, that they've got to build a master my sales call process. So if you don't have a sales call process, that's impossible to do. Um, but when you do have one, now you can hold them accountable to that and put that in your contract. So you start to think about activity and skills that you want them to have. That's what goes in your contract. Then you got to build a measure. One of the powers of what we call this 3D organic growth system is that when your training matches up with your technology, then you can create the coaching and accountability. Here's what I don't like about the off the shelf CRM stuff that's out there. I call it bucket technology. Imagine getting an orange five gallon bucket like you see on construction sites. For the most part, and you put that on a producer's desk. You know, you're putting names in, you're taking names out. You're putting names in, you're taking names out. And then you sit there and, and you go, well, we want it to do more than that. So then we hire a, a, a consultant to come, come customize my orange bucket. About all they can do is, you know, they, they bolt a handle on it, maybe a couple of hinges, maybe paint a logo, maybe make it pretty, maybe drill a hole in it with a pipe coming out and, and doing something else. But that's customizing that off-the-shelf technology it still doesn't match up with your sales process and all the training you're doing. So in my world, the world I play in, I sit there and go, my training process starts off with amazing goal setting. I don't want to have to chase down a bunch of spreadsheets. I want that embedded in my technology so it's easy to do. My training includes putting your best accounts on written service timelines. I don't want that on spreadsheets or a different system. I want that in my core technology that I'm using for producers. I want producers working red hot introductions. I don't want that in a user defined field or some spreadsheet that I get to go chase down. I want it in my system, my technology. I'm training producers how to go beat the incumbent, how to wedge out the incumbent. I'm doing sales meetings where we're doing pre-call strategy. I don't want that on a whiteboard where I have to erase it. And everything I'm learning about the buyer, everything I'm learning about the incumbent, everything I'm learning about our services erased. I want all that stuff in my system, easy to use. So hopefully you're getting my point. When you're training, what what we're asking people to do, what we're getting them to do, the skills we want to do, matches up with the technology. Now those things are seamless. They work together. Then it throws off data that then I can know what's going on and then coach them up. Hence, I can create accountability, I make them better, uh, and then we can drive organic growth. So once again, either your people dictate the system or your system dictates your people. So very simply in the big world, you want to grow your agency? You can. There are a lot of people that are doing it. But for every person that's doing it, there's probably about 9.5 that are not. And if you want to find out about 
our system, the Iowan Agency Growth System, you just come to my website. You'll find some place on there. My website's www.thewedge.net and um, opt in somewhere and, and just put a note in there, you know, contact Randy and let's set a, a time to talk. And uh, I'd be happy to do so. All right. So, man, we're going to wrap it up today. That was John's story. Thank you.